welcome to another edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct, the pro sports show we talk and you listen. I'm your host, Colin Loxton. I'm joined by Von Lozon. How you doing? And uh, Evan Sichella. How's it going? <laughs> it's going well, guys. Okay, so on today's episode, we're going to uh, dive in and do some Red Wings and Pistons playoff talk. Both started their series over the weekend. Both looking decent. Well, we'll get into that. But first, I want to start off with the Tigers. They've been going for almost two weeks now. They're seven and four, a game back in the Central Division. They look decent so far. I've been I've been pleasantly surprised. I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Um, one thing I've noticed is the lineups looking pretty good. They're hitting the ball, and the pitching I think has kind of stepped up. Zimmerman's looked great. Verlander's shown some flashes. Sanchez was good until his start um, the other day. So, um, what do you guys think of them so far? I love how we have both. The Red Wings and Pistons playoff talk. We're going to start off with the Tigers' first two weeks of the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they had a good week so far. Uh, going back to last Monday where we didn't even talk about them at all because of the Masters. Uh, but they won three or four against the Pirates, and that was uh, pretty good, I guess. And then they lost two or three to the Astros, who are my pick to win the World Series this year. If yeah. we're going back to a month ago or whatever the heck that was. Uh, one nothing on Jackie Robinson Day. Uh, Mike Pelfrey, someone he's get he's gonna pay eight million dollars this year. Someone really needs to give him a book on how to command the strike zone or whatever, because every pitch seemed to be a ball. <coughs> Through a hundred pitches in six innings, yet it was still a one nothing game. And Colin, you mentioned how the bats have been perking up. Where were the bats that day? Uh, That's a good point. Saturday, five three. They went win. up against Dallas Keuchel though. He's pretty good. Reigning Cy yeah. Young winner. I mean, we'll give him a pass. We'll give him a pass. We'll yeah. give him a pass. Yeah. They, they've done well besides that. And five three again on Saturday. Uh, JV still has, I think he's got Kate Upton in his mind still. Uh, <laughs> gave up a couple home runs there, but the offense clawed back, and that's something this team has really got to do. And they almost clawed back yesterday. Uh, they were down early, 5 nothing. hole. Jose Altuve, the smallest, shortest player in the league, hits a home run on the second pitch of the game off yeah. Sanchez, and it, it was 5 nothing later, but 5-4, they came back. So right now they're a half game back of Kansas, Kansas City and uh, – the Chicago and the White Sox, the White yeah. Sox yeah. yeah. So those teams are eight and four. Detroit seven and four. Got a big three game series coming up against Kansas City. You got Shane Green on the hill. Uh, right now, it's a good start to the season. I mean, coming back Friday, they're gonna have to come back home for the first time uh, since their home opening series against the Yankees and the Pirates. Coming back home against the Indians, that'll be a good game. The Oakland A's, and it's be the first nighttime games of the season. So we. All good. Uh, so right now, seven and four start, not too bad. Uh, it's a lot better than what I thought they'd be. I thought they'd come out cold, uh, have a start sluggish start to the season. But even with guys like James McCann's out for four to six weeks, but Salta Lamachia, beast. Where did he come from? He got cut last year by the Marlins after like a month because he couldn't hit, and now he hits four home He's runs. He's got four and already. I don't know what Le- he did this Eleven ribbies. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was originally what's well, the third string guy with Holiday here, but now you see why they traded Holiday. They had a great backup guy, and McCann with that injury. I mean, obviously that's why depth's such a big thing in this game, and we have a great backup catcher here. And maybe he'll make a case to keep starting when uh when McCann comes back. We'll he, see. He used to be a starting catcher back when the, playing for the Rangers and the Red Sox. He was mm-hmm. actually a good, decent player that mm-hmm. was playing every day essentially. But now kind of filtered out. But now he's going to make the comeback, and I don't feel like he's not going to start over McCann. Mm-hmm. Because uh, that McCann trademark, people talk about how McCann uh, he's throwing throughout a few guys uh, before he got hurt. Uh, but right now, you talk about guys like Assalto Lamacchia, the bench players that are coming up. The offense, they had a 
couple rough games over the past week, uh, but they're going to perk up, and I'm excited to see where this team goes forward, as we, especially as we go into May. Now, after the first game uh, against Miami, people on Twitter and on Facebook were like, oh, here we go again, the bullpen. They're going to blow these games, K-Rod, Mark Lowe, and all these guys. But after that first game, they haven't been that bad. Their bullpen ERA is lower than the starters right now. Their bullpen ERA is at 2.39. The starters are at 4.17. And that's with the help of Jordan Zimmerman. He hasn't given up a run yet. Um, and then, all like you said, Saltzlomaki. He's got 11 RBIs. He has four home runs. Ian Kinsler has four home runs as well. Uh, Nick Cassianos, he's batting 357. Jose Iglesias, 324. This depth is showing. This, this Already... Uh, the Tigers' depth is just incredible with all these guys in the back end of the bullpen, and that's what some of their bullpen arms being on the DL. You know, you, know uh, you got Alex Wilson, he's still on the DL, and some of these other guys. I know Blaine Hardy just got uh, called back up today. Uh, so he's missed all, all the games so far this season, and that's only going to help them out. Uh, Mark Lowe hasn't been that great. Maybe they'll adjust him or find a different spot for him. But what did we talk about before the season started as the key to the Tigers making it to the postseason, Pitching. winning the division. Pitching. And the bullpen. The bullpen and the health of Victor Martinez and Miguel Cabrera. They've been looking as healthy as ever. Victor Martinez, his first two at-bats in Miami, both pinch hit home runs. He looks great. One of them was on the left side, one of them was on the right side. Yep. We need that. I We're definitely going to need that because of the lack of left-handed hitters that we have in the lineup. It just goes to show that if Victor Martinez is healthy, he can still produce hits. He can still get... RBIs, home runs, doubles consistently on a consistent basis every day, every week. It's going to happen. Same with Miguel Cabrera. He's going to get all these home runs. He, he only has, I think, one right now. I think he's only got one home run, but it was an opposite field home run, and he killed it at home. I think it was uh, opening day or the day after <coughs> against the Yankees. Uh, but once, once these bats start to perk up, Cabrera, Ian Kinsler's already on a hot streak to start the season. We really needed that out of him. Jose Iglesias got a good batting average. Nick Castellanos is really surprising me uh, personally. Uh, he's good so far. And their big three, while they've looked healthy, Cabrera and Vimar, they haven't really been killing it. Uh, Miggy's been huge so far. All Absolutely. batting 350 plus. Saltamaki, his slugging, slugging percentage, his team's been pretty consistent. Um, K-Rod, like you said, blew that first save. The whole Twitterverse lay through was a sinker. I didn't realize he was just a sinker pitcher, which is kind of frustrating to watch. Yeah, $8 million. This year. I think the the star of the rotation was Zimmerman. He's your ace right now. Yeah. Verland, yeah. even last year, he won the batting title for the whole American League, and that was a down year for him. Yeah. So. He was injured. For- that was a special year. I remember I still always look back to the Maglio home run against Oakland back for us. And, um, because remember before that we were well, we were like 219 stock of all of baseball. Yeah. And since then we've been competitive almost every year. So that was really what turned us around and made baseball fun again in this town. So yeah, Tigers have been looking so good so far, but they haven't been the main story in Detroit sports. It's all about the Red Wings and um and Pistons. April and the D, they're both back in the playoffs. Pistons are down 0 one to Cleveland. Red Wings down one uh two to one to Tampa Bay. They won a big one last night, a must win for them to keep the series alive. And they dominated, too. They looked really good. A lot of people starting to change their opinions in that series. How do you guys think this one's shaping up so far, and what are you uh, what are you looking for in Game 4? I love the fact that Detroit sports fans, you know, we're, we're just happy to get into the playoffs. <laughs> and when we're, we're losing both series, that's fun. Uh, but, you know, it was a 2-0 uh, start to the series, <coughs> and uh, that fight at the end of Game 2 where Advocator is throwing all those punches, that yeah. left a sort of intimidating factor. 
And uh, Barry Melrose said that the hunger and the pride was back in Detroit, and it was there in Game 3. They changed everything up, removing Jimmy Howard from the lineup, putting Peter Morazic, got you the shutout, even though it was 16 saves because 16 shots. Uh, but they, Luke Glendening was in that line against Tyler Johnson and Nikita Kucherov, and everyone knows that's the hottest line in the National Hockey League. You put him with Advocator, put that intimidating force out there. Uh, they were able to get some good stops. Uh, the defense, they removed uh, Marchenko and brought in Brandon Smith, and yep. he played 17 minutes and yep. had a really good 17 minutes. Uh, I, everything just seemed to work for uh, for Blaschel in terms of all the moves he made. Like, there was not a bad decision. Everyone came to play. Uh, Andreas Athanasiu, that goal, and then coming back, Zetterberg, Hank, who's your captain, he was able to get that goal. In the Went off both his skates. Right. Yep, yep. So it was just a complete win for the Red Wings uh, yesterday. Uh, they just took the intimidation factor, ran with it. Uh, it's really good to come back home to the Joe and win that game. And they'll probably win game two. They can probably tie this series up and make mm -hmm. it best of three series going for games five, six, and seven. That being said, I still do not think the Red Wings are going to win the series. I think they might lose. They'll probably lose in seven games now. I thought it would be clean sweep. You said sweep. five, correct? I said five. Yeah. What did you say? I said be? six, and you said seven. I said seven. Because I figure, once, I figure, what, yeah, <laughs> we all still think they're going to lose, right? Yeah, we still I mean, don't have them winning. Prove us wrong, Detroit. Please, please prove us wrong. Please we'd we'd love to wrong. be proven wrong. Yeah, uh, everything that you said, spot on. Defense looked great. Brennan Smith coming in wasn't he benched in game two? Uh, he didn't play in either. The yeah, first two I, games. I don't know why he was, was benched at all. Stupid he's, move. He's been the most consistent defenseman uh, in the last few months for Detroit. Uh, he should at least be Nicholas in the top Cronwell four. Nicholas yeah. Cronwell hasn't done much, I'll tell you that. And Kyle Quincy's garbage. Quincy's Erickson garbage. can't Eric, even move. No, nah, and Mike Green hasn't really been that productive on defense either. But he's, he's always been a goal scorer. And well, we haven't really gotten the goal scoring out of him, but he is a little older. The defense is great, and Peter Mrazek looked amazing yesterday making all those acrobatic saves. He didn't have a whole lot of them, I think 15 or 17, uh, but he looked great. And I think that for the rest of the series, <coughs> if I was Jeff Blashaw, I'd keep Peter Mrazek in and I would – Put Jimmy on the bench. Oh, that's, no question. Yeah. Well, that's, no that's question. That's going to happen in game They four. have to. Yeah, they have the, to. That should have been the move before game one, or at least game yeah. two. Yeah. But starts sliding. you got to put Jimmy Howard back in there. It's going to be a goaltending carousel until they can get something straightened. I think from now on you just stick with Mrazic, even if he slides yeah. the next couple games, because you don't want the constant changing back yeah, and forth. Exactly. Just stick with Mrazic. He's your future guy anyway. Exactly. So it's not even about just this year for him. Well, I was it's hoping about the that they would send him off at the trade deadline, Jimmy Howard. Yeah, Howard. We all were, but no team's stupid enough to pick him up. I think Edmonton might have taken him. You have to pay me as a GM to take his ass. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, keep Peter Mrazek in there. I think people tend to forget the reason why he started a lot of those games in the beginning of the season was because of how well he did in the playoffs last year against Tampa Bay. Even though he lost the series, he went three for four. He started all seven games, but he only gave up 14 goals. He had a 2.11 goals allowed average, and that was with a two shutouts as well. He shut them out twice. Game one, he made 44 saves on 46 shots, and he got the win. Game two, he gave up two power play goals, four goals overall, so that was a little rough. Um, and then they won 5-1, to one, I think that game was, so the last one was a, uh, an empty net goal. And you got, or no, Jimmy Howard came in that game. He, uh, But yeah, you got shutouts in games three and five. He lost game four in overtime, so that's always rough. Losing a game in overtime is rough. Uh, last year's playoffs, really the reason why he started the majority of those games at the beginning of the season. I, I don't know why else Blash would put him in over Jimmy Howard, because Jimmy Howard had the hot hand at the end of the last season. Yeah. And they just decided to go with Mrazek anyways. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, this is our young guy. Let's see how he does. He did great. He did. So going with Mrazek down the stretch for the rest of the playoffs, I think, is the right move. 
Yeah, I think Marizic's definitely your guy. He just seems to have more confidence in that than Howard. Yeah, And Howard absolutely. lets in a lot of those rebound goals, those garbage goals. You can't have that. And um, another big thing last night with the win is they shut down Tyler Johnson. The guy who's slaughtered them in the last two postseasons yeah. was doing it again this, this year. They finally got at him. I, he looked frustrated last night, too. I think he picked up a couple penalties, at least mm-hmm. had the one. Um, they shut him down. Without Stamkos, he's their main guy. you got to take him out because I think he had six points in the first two games. Just was either assisting mm-hmm. or scoring every something single like something like that. Something like that. So take him out. He's the main force behind that offense. Let Mrazic do the rest. And then as an offense, you just got to grind. Try, keep trying to get in those those garbage goals, like the Zetterberg goal. Just keep attacking the net. Yeah, exactly. Try to get those goals in. Just get whatever what can you happen. can, especially when you're at home. you got to take that momentum back, get home ice back, any means necessary. And uh, they did that last night. They could do that in game four. Maybe I'll start changing my opinion. But if you win game four, Tampa still has home ice. So you've got to find a way to yep. win one there. And they just have not I, looked good yeah, in the first two games there. They cannot win in Tampa. That's what I saw. Just win one. Win one I and control think, the Joe. I don't Joe. Think they can. If they, if they grind, like maybe they, they can. can. all three games with the Joe, but when they go to Tampa to take that plane down south, they can't win a game there. Basically maybe with Mrazic, though. They made two. up the change. You got Smith at defense now. Those guys both should have been in the start of this series. I think we can all agree on that. Leave right. Quincy out. Please. Quincy's horrible. Just Him please. and Erickson. I'll go one less guy in the ice if it means Erickson or Quincy yeah. don't have to play. <laughs> they both just get in the way. Um, Smith needs to be in there. DeKaiser needs to be on his game. Yeah. Yeah. Cronwall's an assistant captain. Needs to be on his game. And like you said, that uh, that applicator fight. I was kind of saying bad stuff about earlier. But you know what? You got a good point. That kind of shifted the momentum towards them and gave them that fight for game three. So I'm starting to come around on that. But going back to that first line, you mentioned how Tyler Johnson got completely shut out after scoring all those points the first two games. Glenn Denning, applicator Shahan. Three big bruisers on that line. Yep. Not a bunch of great goal scorers. There's not Dantooks or Zetterbergs on there. No. Larkins or Nyquist, but those guys, when you need defensive presence on the from the forward position, the centerman, those are your three guys right there. <coughs> and against the Lightning, Tyler Johnson, like you said, without Stamkos, he is their guy. He is the face of that franchise right now without Stamkos. Uh, whatever the Lightning do in terms of on the ice, off the ice, especially in the playoffs, it's him. And the, those three guys uh, did their job, and of course, 30 shots on Ben Bishop. That's That was the key. I mean, you talk about the offense, just trying to get the puck in the goal. 30 shots, he allowed the two goals and 28 saves. But Ben Bishop's one of the top goal centers in this league. If you can get 30 shots on him, you're doing something right. You're going to win a couple hockey games in the series. Like and that I, was with, like, five power plays, too, or four or five power plays. Yep. You think that you would have gotten even more on him if you had that many power plays, especially early on in that game. They had a five-on-three five at on one three, point. Yep. So obviously, yeah, the power play you talk about, you have to get some sort of momentum on them. Yeah. Uh, but right now, going back to the, you talk about this whole series, they got to go four in Tampa. They can't win four in Tampa. And that's what's going to cost them. Maybe if it was the other way around, they could pro- if this was at Joe Louis Arena, they would win this series. And that's why the regular season is so important. Because yeah. home ice is everything. And hockey might be the biggest of all the sports where home ice is just such a big factor. Especially for the Wings, being a younger kind of team, they need that driving force behind them. They're not used to playing on the road. we got a bunch of guys that are 23 and younger. Larkin's only 19. I'm sure he gets a little nervous when he's playing on Tampa on the road. Yeah. That probably, the nervous probably set in for him. And, yeah, they need to get that home ice back. They just got to find a way to win um, – you got to win next game. Still a must-win, obviously. And, yeah, you can make a case that game five is a must-win as well. 
If you will lose, if you win game four, lose game five, you got to win six back at home, and then win a, another crucial game seven at their place. That's not going to happen. Every every. So you can make a case these next now. three are a must win because I don't think you want to get to game seven and have that be the deciding factor because you're not going to win that on the road. Last huh. year they got shelled there in game seven. They got seven. shut out in game seven. Was it was it, it was three nothing? Two nothing. Two nothing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and I um, another big thing I think for this team is Nyquist and Tatarney to step up. When's the last time either of them even scored? Last couple years, they were two of the best players. Yeah, talk about last year, then I, that wouldn't even be a question. Yeah, yeah, no, they were looking like the two future superstars in this team. Now they're not even in your top four, really. Larkin, Zetterberg, Detsuk are really your top three. Anthony Sale, you can make case, is your fourth best it, player yeah. right now. Those guys need to step up. They were supposed to be the future of this team. Future is now. Time to step up. Yeah. Show those flashes you showed in your first couple years. Let's deliver now. Capitalize on guys like Anthony Sayo, like Larkin stepping up. This is Detsu's last go around. You're not gonna get his. You're not gonna get the beneficiary of uh, his play anymore. So you better use it while you're you can. You're probably not gonna get the free agents either in the off season. So it's, no, you guys are, definitely you guys not. Are the team. That's what yeah, you guys are the future. We drafted you. We're developing you for this reason. Yep. We don't want you to keep, get out of the slump. Find any means necessary. Nyquist has the talent to get some goals in there. We've seen it. Uh, oh yeah. And Tatar is a machine too with his assists, and he always gets points. If those guys can step up. Mrazic can stay consistent. They can win the series. I think Tatar had an assist yesterday, actually. Didn't yeah, he? Yeah, did he? Assist. Didn't he have assists? Yeah. yeah. Well, was it one of those assists where you were like the like the third guy to touch it, and you passed it to someone, he passed it to someone else? Yeah, I that. think it was. Uh, I think it was their first goal. Yeah, it was okay. Tatar to Anderson to Athens. Okay, that's yeah. how it was. Okay. But either way, those guys need to start taking it to the net and being aggressive. Especially yeah. when we talk about that first line. There's not a big lot of scores on that first line now. With the mm-hmm. Glenn Denning line, they're, no. they're not yeah. going to give you the goals. No. no. Nyquist, the Nyquist, the Tatars, the Datsuks, mm-hmm. the Zetterbergs, the Athanasius, they're going to score you some goals. Yeah. That's what's got to happen. And if you can capitalize on top of that, then everything everything helps. They need, they need some extra boost to give them the edge over Tampa. Yeah. All right, so we all still think they're going to lose, though. I'm still going. Seven. I'm going from five to seven. I'm saying I'm sticking with seven. I'll stick with six. We'll see how it goes. Okay. We'll we'll talk about it next Monday. Okay, okay. (laughs) Now, the other team that we're not used to seeing in the playoffs last few years, the Detroit Pistons, went to Cleveland uh, yesterday, went to Quicken Loans Arena. They played an awesome game, I thought, um, especially in the first half where they shot like 63%. Morris couldn't miss from downtown. KCP couldn't miss from downtown. Heck, Stanley Johnson couldn't miss from downtown. They were making everything. And that was with Reggie Jackson slumping. Andre Drummond didn't have a... That was really bad in the first half. Did not have his best game overall, even though he finished with a double-double. And Tobias Harris had a bad game, too. But you're probably not going to get a better output from your bench guys and your like fourth and fifth options later in the series. That's what has me a little skeptical going on uh, for later, in the, later in the series. What did you guys see yesterday, and uh, what are your thoughts so far? Yesterday was such a beautiful day outside. It was hot. <laughs> it was steaming, and I was so happy to stay <coughs> indoors and to watch the Detroit Pistons in the playoffs for the first time in this decade. Uh, like you said, they played really well. Uh, that, if you're going to talk about going a game one on the road at Cleveland where everyone's wearing the white T-shirts and <coughs> LeBron back in the playoffs is mentality, if you can make that a 106-101 to 101 game, you're doing a good job. And, of course, we talk about after, after the first quarter, Stan Van Gundy said, LeBron's LeBron, nothing's going to be called against him. I thought that was awesome. That's what all Detroit fans want to see. Yep. You talk about LeBron basically took you out of the playoffs because when you guys, when they played in the Eastern Conference Finals, <coughs> he dropped the 29 points in a row or whatever that basically took him out of the series. It's been six years of hell ever since. And the last time we were in the playoffs, see, they swept us in four too. Right. That's so, a bad team. They just they destroyed us. Yeah. Lebr- LeBron is the villain, and Stan Van Gundy said he is the villain, and 
all we can do is play our, our basketball, and they did play their basketball. Obviously, I mean, with the exception of Andre Drummond, who was, despite his 6'11", 7-foot frame, was totally absent the first uh, almost five minutes in the second quarter is when he scored his first basket. Uh, and he missed, I think he had one rebound the whole first quarter. Yeah. And one missed field goal. Uh, but everybody else, I mean, you talk about that bench in the second quarter, Stanley Johnson, Steve Blake, and Reggie Bullock of all people. <laughs> yeah, Reggie Bullock was even he like up at two the of end two of from three. Yeah, yeah, he stepped up. In, he had eight points. Uh, Stanley Johnson had nine. Uh, but you talk about the starters, Tobias Harris. He only had nine points, and Reggie Jackson only had seventeen points. And I say he only had seventeen points. Yeah, seventeen points is a big deal. But he is the face of this franchise right now, especially with Andre Drummond struggling from the free throw line as he is. He's getting benched game after game. Well, and a big guy should never be your primary scorer anyway. Right. He's going to be your low post guy, mostly defensive and a rim protector guy. But you talk about Reggie Jackson, who kind of sat backseat to uh, Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City, and now he comes to Detroit. This is his team. He can do anything, essentially. He just got outplayed by Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving had 31 points. Uh, I think outside of LeBron, Kevin Love, and Kyrie, there's only 25 points scored by the Cleveland Cavaliers. I it's, think those guys made it's up that for, big three. You got to find a way to at least take one of them out. Right. They all three had huge games. And obviously, LeBron only had 22 points. Obviously, LeBron's capable of dropping 30 a game because he's one of the best players on earth. But Kevin Love, who's kind of had an off on an off season, he had 28 points, and Kyrie Irving had 31. Those guys have been. All the drama, like, I don't even want to be in Cleveland. Are these guys going to get traded? What's going to happen? And they show up and they combine for 59 of those points. And obviously, that's a huge blow to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, if you can stop LeBron James, who's their best player, you got to stop the other two guys. And Tristan Thompson only had two points, and Smith only had nine points, but it's that big three. Uh, so if you just Pistons probably could have won that game. They probably should have won that game. Would have been a great way to start the series, yeah. especially they had that lead in the fourth quarter and they just kind of blew it. Reggie Jackson was dribbling way too much, wasn't distributing mm-hmm. the basketball like he should. That's a point guard should be uh, trying to do too much. Uh, but right now they got a couple days, 420. Uh, this Wednesday is going to be game two. be interesting to see what happens. Uh, but I feel like the Pistons can win game two based on what I saw. They just got to come back, take these two days off, and – get ready to maybe tie the series up. You hope that's what happens, too. You always hope, watching these Pistons, they they surprised me yesterday. And I, I wasn't able to watch a whole lot of it because it was that sunny day outside, and, you know, I was in the library doing homework. So Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't able to catch a lot of the game. But of what I saw, how were they able to make all these three-point uh, three shots? This is crazy. They, their three-point percentage was bigger than their field goal percentage. They had 51.7% from three and 50.7% from three. It's not a big difference, but still, like, how are they, how are they able to make these? Were, were they, they just getting they, wide open or what? Cleveland was doing everything they could to deny them from driving to the basket, so they had no other choice but making threes, and they were getting a lot of good looks. Steve Blake was really? actually doing a good job of distributing the first half. He would drive to the lane. Once he drew a double team, he'd kick it out. He had six assists. Yeah, he had six. Yeah, yeah, and the guys just weren't missing. They stepped up, and they were not feeling the pressure. I, I, I watched uh, through the first three quarters. I missed the mm-hmm. fourth quarter. Probably think, probably, I'm actually kind of thankful for that. But the first three quarters, they couldn't miss. Well, yeah, KCP, he had four, four three-pointers. I think Reggie Morris Jackson had, had two. Morris had three. Uh, and Bullock had two. He was two for two. Stanley went three for three as well. Yeah. Stanley 
of what it's I animal. saw looked the Stanimal. He looked really good in in his first ever playoff his game. His defense on LeBron. I don't know if you guys see the clips or whatever. He shut I LeBron did. down yeah. in his way with Morris and uh, yeah. Tobias Harris down low. They're not quick enough to guard. They're not. Well, Morris, he was getting frustrated because he mm-hmm. never has to deal with that. He bullies people. Yeah. You can't bully Stanley Johnson. If this this is going to be the toughest series that they're going to have en route to the NBA championship game against the Pistons, I think if they make it to the championship, they're going to beat whoever they play. Get in his way this time. Because even last year, Steph Curry, he, he didn't even have a good series, and they still even get to the championship, assuming. They will. Um, yeah, they're going to sweep. They'll probably win the series in four years. Getting that, that next championship in Cleveland's first, and this will reassure yes. us. Yes. Exactly. LeBron That'd be great. Yes. <laughs> this is going to be their toughest series, I Seven. Yeah. But LeBron, he's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. He came back. If he left again, he knows his reputation. Which is exactly why I'm saying they're going yeah. to win it now is because Kyrie Irving looks... <clears throat> Maybe like within the last 20 years, that'd be able to beat Cleveland. Yeah. And unfortunately for LeBron, they're a team that's also just a start of that. We're mm-hmm. just getting started. So any wins you get, it's really just icing on the cake. Definitely get better. And if they do play better, which I think Reggie definitely will, he's too good not to be amazing. Last, uh, last, on the first quarter, he was doing everything. He made the first his shooting off the bench, too. Maybe Jody Meeks will be healthy to play in one of these games. I, I'm not sure. And like that. He only got 16 minutes last night. Tobias Harris played 41 and looked like garbage. Gives- Even Cleveland's bench, too. Della Vadova. Uh, he's always I hate tough. him. <laughs> he played some bit, and Timothy Mosgolf played less than five minutes. Uh, but that, even if uh, that has been the rotation, so obviously, you know, it's a team – Team lost by five, but we basically just gave the game away in the fourth quarter. How can we improve and capitalize? I can look at five different plays during that game that were either a turnover or a foul on him that were called the obvious to it. I don't know if they're just <laughs> afraid to call it on LeBron because he <clears throat> whines a lot or if they're just giving the fans three obvious steps. You put in slow motion, it was yeah. so obvious. Obviously, it's faster during live offensive rebound over Drummond. And then as he went back up, threw an elbow at Drummond's face. And Drummond was hurt for the best players yeah. for the league. It's like Datsuk getting penalized for losing a tooth. It comes back to the palace. They'll start getting a little more, a little more calls, but for the most part, um, there's all time by the time he's done. Clearly, but uh, depending on how many championships he gets, he may be two or four there. Yep. And now he's dealing with uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. That's his, obviously a uh, very tough loss for the Pistons, but even making that much of a force mm-hmm. down low grabbing the boards yeah uh, that makes t- more times for tobias a battle with tristan thompson down low drummond's the better player we all know that tristan yeah. thompson is probably the most overpaid him at all he has to win it anything. by a lot yeah so not I'm, just oh he be, he had a couple more rebounds than tristan and i feel like the pistons with stan van gundy they're gonna have that mindset and they're gonna tie the series up. too well i think it'll be another close loss i think they will get a win in game three though at the palace yep. quick and loans that's all you gotta and do in the palace we've seen in years past, how crazy, how rocking the Palace could be making that was the, the first it, no year one wanted to go there and play, that, or that they played in that arena was in '89. Yep. when they won the the championship. Yep, that place must have been rocking. Oh back yeah, in those days. Well, they won it back to back to '89 and '90. So the yeah, first two years boys. is around, they won the championship. Yeah, but yeah. Those um, bad boys. Pistons have do. a great future, so we have to learn to be patient. If they lose this series, it's okay to be frustrated, but just know that it's only gonna get it's only gonna go up from here. And LeBron, he's going to start fizzling out over the next couple years. The Pistons could be the team, the future dominant team in the East, if they keep this core together. It's them, the Bucks. The, the, no. They, they, on, on, pa- Greek, the on, paper, on paper, they Giannis. look like a great team, but they're, they don't fit together. We'll see. They put him at point guard, and he has like a seven-foot wingspan. Yeah. Maybe the, not, maybe he the can't Sixers guard will make the playoffs next year. Maybe that will be a thing that happens. <laughs> 
Yeah, maybe we'll the Pistons see. will be the one seed, Sixers will be the eight seed, and, and we can we can get the sweep it. for once. And Cleveland doesn't yeah, even make it. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? The NBA won't let that happen. No. If the Cleveland, if the Cavaliers start fizzling out, LeBron will. They'll find a loophole for LeBron and go find a new oh, team. Yeah. He'll go join Steph Curry oh. and Golden State. <laughs> Don't let it happen with Kevin Durant. With Kevin Durant. Oh yeah. Well, Had Carmelo Durant's come off the bench and take a big. Pay, yeah, pay decrease or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. That's just how the NBA works. These guys just decide wherever they want to go. They'll be an all-star team, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, stud and dud. Let's go around and I'll do our studs first, and then we'll okay. go around and do our duds. Sounds Evan, good. start us out. My stud for this week is <coughs> Justin Applicator. Basically, at the end of game two, like I said, he started that fight, threw a ton of punches, the lightning bloodied, comes back to game three, uh, with that Lima Glendening and Shea in and shuts down Tyler Johnson and gives some momentum back to the Red Wings who seemed like all the hope was lost. Ablocator, uh, native of Muskegon, Michigan, yeah, uh, doing it for his home team, and uh, he's my stud of the week. People say that was a dirty play at the end of game two, and that probably shouldn't have happened, uh, but I loved it probably it. should have happened, but I loved it. Yeah. I know Red Wings fans all across I loved it. Loved it. Uh, gives some momentum back, and now they can maybe tie the series up. It's all because of one fight started by Justin Advocator. He's my stud. My stud is Stan Van Gundy. And like we said a little bit earlier, he was he was talking about LeBron is LeBron. Uh, this He did this, uh, this interview at the end of the first quarter. So it wasn't very far into the game that he was already uh, feeling that way about LeBron. He said, quote, a couple calls have upset our guys. They've got to understand LeBron's LeBron. They're not going to call offensive fouls on him. He gets to do whatever he wants. They've got to understand that. And I think that's a great quote by Stan Van. That really set that's the tone. Bold. Yeah, that I mean that that straight is just that's a killer quote. I, I you couldn't have said that any better. Oh. Uh, with LeBron getting his way with all those offensive calls that they didn't call. Um, and he might it, get fined for that too, but he doesn't even care. Yeah. Oh, he no, he doesn't care. As long as long as people know and people people respect Stan Van for that. At, at least oh. I do. Fans around the league were on Twitter just yeah. saying like, "You're the man." Not yeah, even Pistons fans, exactly. but because they've been through that too against LeBron. Everyone, everyone's seen it. Everyone, everyone's has seen been it against LeBron, and everyone has has had their no go, no calls go their way. So, and it's not LeBron, and it's not LeBron's fault these calls go the way. It's the refs that allow it to happen. Yeah. If I was LeBron, I would do what I want, too, if I knew I was going to get away with it. Yeah. So it's not him. It's the refs. The refs need to step up. Exactly. So is your stud going to be different from anything we talked about earlier? Actually, Can it is. Diversified? Actually, it is. Our, our editor, uh, Taylor DeStormo, had an article on this in the paper about the satellite camp ban. And today, the NCAA actually came out and said they're going to look into the ruling they made on banning satellite camps. Really? So my stud is all the college football players and coaches that have stood up the last couple weeks and really gotten after the NCAA and have made this change uh, maybe possible for it to come back. I know Jim Harbaugh, John Bonamigo here yeah, Bonamigo have, all, have all been outspoken about it. And it's not even just like Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan program that will be affected. It's the smaller schools like a CMU that benefit from going to camps at Ann Arbor, right. at Ohio State. You get to see the guys that won't get scholarships from those schools and come here and play. Yeah. There's, I'm sure half the team here, they found different camps, and now they won't be allowed to go to those camps anymore if this ruling stands. Yeah. I've seen half the Michigan football team on Twitter. Um, they they started petitions. To, really? Um, I actually I signed one of them. To, you did they, to change Mark Emmer's decision on this. Wow. Um, That's awesome. There's Jordan Lewis, Jake Butt, Michigan players yeah, on Twitter, give, giving their own personal stories how they were found at camps and all that, how they were benefit beneficiaries of those. Yeah, so much, and there's so been guys much. from across the country, different coaches and different players that have stood up. And uh, that's great to show that they have a voice 
and they're making a difference. And I think the NCAA is going to overturn this. Yes. It's it's so much bad press I think for them. They should. It's so much bad press for them. It's a, it's an asinine decision. Yeah, the NCAA has pretty much used a shotgun instead of a fly swatter. That is a that's quote that's, from that's that's coach John, John Bonamigo. Bonamigo. <laughs> Good for him. He should be a stud just for that quote. Hey, it's Dan Van Gundy just Honorary giving gold quotes this week. week. Yeah, I love him. Stud of the year, John Bonamigo. <laughs> All right, Evan Sashella, who's your dud? My dud is the Detroit Red Wings fan at the end of game three <coughs> yep. last night that dumped either a can or bottle of beer on the Brian Boyle of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Bruh. <laughs> I didn't even know about that until you just brought it up. Yeah, it was reported by Detroit Free Press. There's video of it. I saw it. Oh, I uh, saw that happen yeah. live, yeah. He's, I knew it. I saw that happen live, and uh, it's just it's classless. It's not classy at all. It kind of looks bad for the Red Wings fans. I love how I'm saying this after the advocator fight. That was that was a good move, uh, but this is just from the fans. Uh, it's not something that during a live game where players are playing, uh, throwing alcohol, it's probably been drinking from already uh, onto yeah. a player. There's just no need for that. Like fights have been ingrained in hockey forever. Fights, if you have a good fight in a game, that's makes all for the entertainment. But to come from where you're sitting in the arena and the only thing you should be throwing out of the ice is octo- octopus. octopus during the playoffs, not yep. beer. Or hats when you get a hat trick. Hat trick, yep. yeah. As a fan, fine. you should not be interfering with like the safety or well-being of players. That's that's yeah, so that's bad. I agree. My dub is that guy or person. Whoever I, did I, it. I don't know. Are, have they who, identified him yet? man or woman. Is it, I, no, they haven't. they're going to be able to do that? I wonder. They just showed the video and was like, can we be classy in game four? That's Let's leave that <laughs> to like the Dallas Cowboy fans or something like that. That's not as Detroit fans. We're better than that. This, yeah. These, I'm convinced, we're the best fans in the country. Let's leave that for the class, for the classes organizations. We're better than that. Like Tampa Bay Lightning. What? <laughs> well, they don't have oh, any fans. We don't have oh, any fans, Evan. Even Come more on. More shots be fired. I like this. Um, my dud for the week is the NBA refs from yesterday. Um, we talked about it a lot already, so I'll just sum it up real quick. Uh, obviously, what Stan Van had a lot to say about the the refs going against or going for LeBron against the Pistons. Uh, Adam Silver really needs to look into why all of these no calls are happening and if he can do anything to make them better uh, going into the summer. Maybe give them like like a test of NBA rules or something. Just do something. I don't care what it is. Just It, it doesn't matter. Do something to make them be better, be more consistent with their calls, and maybe even implement some kind of review process like what the NHL has with how if you score a goal and then the the uh, opposing head coach can challenge if he thought it was offside or something like that. We saw that yesterday with the Red Wings Lightning game. Uh, the head coach of the Lightning, he, he, he did that. Uh, maybe implement something like that with the NBA. I, I think that would benefit a lot of teams and that would help out in a lot of reasons. Just the refs being one of them. I agree. That's that's definitely a point that uh, that needs to be well known and something needs to change with that. Yeah, That's definitely a good one. My my dud is Red Wing coach Jeff Blashell, just for the yeah he it was it was nice to make these moves before game three and everyone's rewarding him for that but he should have made these moves before game one and maybe if he'd have made it before game one of the series maybe we'd be up two to one heck maybe we'd be up three nothing right now because we dominated that last game and uh, I just don't think he's that competent I think maybe they should have kept Babcock because I think Babcock uh, made the right moves and right different decisions or maybe got someone else this is first year in the league yeah. I understand he needs to get experience. But the Wings are, have always been a win-now franchise. So we can't, uh, we can't wait for him to develop into a good coach. He needs to be a good coach now. 
So maybe the rest of the series, maybe he'll make the right moves ahead of time, and maybe it can save us. But I think it's too little too late. I think after you went down 2-0 in Tampa, I think your fate was already sealed, and the Red Wings are already down another year in the first round. The hype was 25 straight, though, right? 25 straight. 25 straight. That's all that matters. With 10 in a row in the first or second round. Way to go, boys. The hype was real on Blaschel, too, uh, once they fired Mike Babcock and... Oh, he, he won he like won three Mal- Calder Cups, man. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. No one even exactly. knows what the Calder Cup looks like. It's like all like. these young guys, like the Anthony Cus and the Gustav Nyquists of of the Red Wings organization. It's just another one of those. Except it, he's not a player; he's a coach. It, it just goes for all of these young guys that really haven't stepped it up in the playoffs, like a Tatar, and like all these other guys, uh, Marchenko and Anthony Mantha. Even uh, it's just another one of those reoccurring themes with the Detroit Red Wings. Well, I'm, I'm going to say, look at the point. I'm going to defend them a little bit. Uh, basically, you have to look at how the series plays out before you make decisions. Uh, Jimmy Howard was the hottest goaltender for the team. He won yeah. the last few games. I mean, they lost like the last two games, but they won three in a row uh, for the la- uh, last five games of the season. So, obviously, you got to go with the hot hand and goal. It was Jimmy Howard. Then you got to take a look at your defenseman. Yeah, we... We all know Kyle Quincy kind of sucked. Uh, we want, <laughs> There's we, no doubt. Yeah, so There's no everyone was watching him, but you just got because Erickson wasn't doing better. You just got to take a look at all your defensemen, all your uh, forwards, your offensive players. You got to see what mixes up. And after the 2 nothing start to the series, uh, maybe I need a change in goal. Uh, maybe I need a new defenseman. Maybe I need to finally take Quincy out of the line, which should have been done a long time ago. Two but, years ago. Yeah. I think they traded a first-round pick for him. They traded two first-round oh, picks. Okay. They did it twice. They traded a first-round pick for him, and then he left, and then we <coughs> traded another first-round pick for but him. But we made the playoffs. So but yeah, that that's year. all that matters. So that's, yeah, yeah, both those times that we did it, we made the playoffs. Let's trade first-round picks for yeah, better. Two for two for Quincy. Kind of scrub up. All right, well, that's all we got for today. Closing thoughts? Any last couple words you guys want to get in there? Go Wings, Pistons, go Pistons. Go Red Wings, and uh, have some more action in the sports world so we can have some more interesting studs and duds instead of what we talk yeah, about. Yeah, please, go Tigers. Go Tigers, Okay. That's all we have for today. Thank you so much for listening on Sportsman Like Conduct. For Von Lozon, Evan Zichella, I'm Colin Loxton. Pick up a copy of CM Life. And as the great Kobe Bryant once said, Mamba out.